Hi folks, welcome to Zdeniek's English Podcast. Here is another episode for you. I've got about an hour to record it, so let's jump right into it. I'm having a, an Easter holiday. It's uh, the Thursday, so it means Easter is starting. And um, obviously, it's a few days off for me, so it's time to catch up with, for example, some episodes of the podcast. The number of podcasts that I listen to have grown. It's not all restricted to just Luke's English podcast. I listen to podcasts called Arscast. Uh, it has nothing to do with the bottom part of your body. No, it's a podcast about Arsenal football team. I listen to a podcast called Shut Up and Sit Down, uh, which is a podcast about board games. I also listen to a few podcasts about my favorite TV show, The Walking Dead. Uh, called The podcasts are called The Talking Dead, The Walking Dead Girl and um, The Doctor of the Dead. Uh, so these are my favorite podcasts that I typically listen to. So, of course, of course, this is great because I've got more time to to do this. Now, naturally... I will also be able to get round to uh, some other stuff that I have been putting off for so long. Uh, I've got a lot of backlog. You know what I'm talking about? Um, stuff like dirty dishes lying here on my table or on the counter in the kitchen. Um, a lot of unsorted material, a lot of basically documents, a lot of paper from... From it's usual it's usually some previous lessons. I just I just toss it when I come back from work. I just I just throw it and it it keeps piling up. You know, so I have to do something about this. Uh, otherwise, I will just be soon um, overwhelmed by this, and it will uh, it it might kill me. You know, uh, too much rubbish, too much mess can kill you. Have you heard about it, listeners? Yes, um, according to the uh, scientific research, this is very dangerous to you as a person um, and you should always take a good care of your backlog. Bag? Backlog? No, backlog. All right. Um, okay. I hope you enjoyed my latest episode um, with Peter. I registered about 110 downloads and plays. Uh, I get this information from, from audioboom.fm, which is my host, basically. This is where I upload my episodes, and um, and they give this nice statistic. Uh, so um, I would like to thank you for supporting me in these hard times. Um, you know, I'm, I'm going through a rough patch, so to speak, There was a huge interlull, I would call it, or a huge pause, a break between uh, the, the latest episode and the episode before that. So thank you for standing by me, even though I haven't, I haven't been really very prolific lately. Um, remember, if you want to keep this podcast alive, why don't you tell your friends about it? Spread the word. Uh, spread the word of mouth and um, of course it's gonna help me out a lot 
because with more support comes more motivation for me to record more and more episodes of the podcast. It is a simple equ equation. Um, so that's that. Uh, what's this episode about? Well, in this one, I thought I would read you out a story which I wrote as part of my English lesson with my upper intermediate students. And it's a story, it's a real life story with a bit of embellishment, you know, with a, with a bit of embellishing in it. I've tuned it up a bit. I tuned it up a bit uh, to make it sound more interesting. Um, nevertheless, it is a true story. Uh, it is a true story about my speed dating experience. That's right, listeners, I went to a speed dating What is speed dating, you might be asking? Well, speed dating is a, is a kind of a modern type of dating event where you basically meet women, a lot of women, and uh, you have five minutes to talk to them at a table, and then um, you have a chance to find a match if you get on well during the, the, the uh, short conversation. So it's, it's basically... And good opportunity for people who don't have time to um, to find some acquaintances, you know, who don't have time to uh, meet uh, a partner, or maybe who have difficulties meeting partner. Uh, so I took part in one of those events, and of course, of course, I thought it was a hilarious context for designing a lesson on conditionals. And this is exactly what you're going to get. I wanted to tick more boxes here because about two or three months ago, I asked you, um, my listeners on Facebook page, to send me some suggestions for grammar topics. I was in this mood when I wanted to, to do an episode of the podcast which would in which I would explain a bit of grammar. I love grammar. Uh, I really do. Uh, I don't know if it's obvious from my episodes, but this is one of my favorite things to teach. It really is. Because I think of all the things in English language, this is one of my strengths. I think I understand the the linguistics very well. I am I am a um, sucker for syntax, for example. So uh, that's why. And I haven't done many grammar episodes on the podcast because I think... I was always afraid that it could be a bit boring for the listeners. Nevertheless, in this episode of the podcast, you will get some grammar. So brace yourself. Get ready for this. Why did I go for conditionals? Uh, is it because of the story that it would be uh, very uh, kind of appropriate or handy for explaining conditionals in particular? Well, not really. I could do anything with a story. I, it could be on narrative tenses or, or time clauses or wish clauses, anything. You just have to change. You just have to make little twists to the story or little, little adjustments. And then uh, there you go, you know. So it's, I, cho I chose conditionals because I think it's, it's one of those things that learners of English find difficult when trying to get to grips with the language. You know, uh, there are a lot of conditionals and they, the students often mix them up. And uh, they're difficult because you have to keep certain structure 
and there is the meaning comes in as well and it's just overall it's really complicated and it takes you some time before you uh, get the hang of it i mean it's usually at c1 level i can i can hear a lot of upper intermediate students making making uh, many mistakes with conditionals but on c1 level i think that's when you start realizing uh, how to use the conditionals appropriately so uh, because it's it's uh, so often pain in the neck uh, that's why and also because one of the listeners specifically requested me to do this um, on the facebook page three months ago uh, obviously it's good it's good to do these two things at the same time and there were more listeners who were asking me for some grammar but what happened to me was that i i already prepared the episode i had a lot of notes but somehow don't ask me how i managed to delete the file and i'm really sorry um i was really gonna record the episode uh, responding to all your suggestions there were about four of you but it all got lost and the only one i can remember after three months is the conditional request conditionals request so that's that. By the way, speaking of conditionals, I've already recorded one episode uh, devoted to conditionals. You may not remember, but in episode 113, which was called Conditional Rant, I presented you with the rap that I composed and um, attempted to sing or rather recite. Okay? And uh, in this episode, uh, you can hear me rapping and uh, also explaining the conditionals. So I'm doing this for the second time. And they say you don't step into the same river twice. Well, they're wrong. You do sometimes. You do. Anyway, before I get to this, there are two other things I'd like to mention. Uh, Number one, I'd like to thank all of you for all your votes in the Luke's English Podcast photo competition. Uh, I believe that it's now closed and you can no longer vote. And uh, remember, uh, one of the previous episode, in one of the previous episodes, I was basically begging, not begging you, I wasn't really begging you. I think I kept my dignity to a reasonable level, didn't I? Yes, I think I did. So I was asking you, not begging, I was asking you to vote for me In Luke's English Podcast photo competition, why was I asking you? Well, because I thought it would be a good idea to try how influential a podcast medium can be. Uh, How can this help me to win some votes? To be honest with you, it, it would be great to win this competition, but it wouldn't be the end of the world if I lost it. And as a matter of fact, I think I haven't won. I haven't won it. Uh, I saw some people with more votes, but despite that, you really helped me to to push my photo to a good place. I think I might end up in top five if things go according to plan. So thank you very much for your support. It's really kind of you, and I highly appreciate that. Um, and the second thing... Well, I have mentioned here on the podcast that I like board games. In fact, I'm a bit of a amateur game designer myself. I don't know if you know, 
but I've been developing a few games. And when I say amateur, uh, it is an important word. I have never ever published a game, a board game. Although I have to admit that I have planned it several times. I even contacted some people. But let's face it, my games were not good enough. There were a lot of good ideas, but it was too complicated. But lately, I have developed, I have designed a game which seems to be less complicated than that, although it's still a bit complicated. And it's a card game called Blacksmith. Uh, the rules are on about eight pages, which doesn't seem to be little, right? But I think the game itself is not very hard. It's the main game mechanic is based on the card game, the popular card card game Coup. Um, but there are a lot of other things. It's basically more complex than Coup. Uh, you can fight there. It's a little bit RPG. You can uh, get experience and level up. You have some weapons and spells and you can cast magic. And um, yeah, basically in this game, each player gets uh, three characters and uh, has some actions they can take. It's a bit of social deduction game as well because you can bluff in the game. You know, you can pretend to to be someone else and then uh, your opponents must try to work out whether you're lying or telling the truth which is which can be hilarious okay so this is this is the mechanic i borrowed from the coop game by the way but um, anyway there is more to this game than that and i understand that for some people it may be too long in my opinion the game could take something between 60 to 90 minutes which means the game falls into the category of uh, medium games. It's not a heavy game, but it's not a light game either. So why am I telling you about this? Well, I'm telling you about this because this game is fully in English and it's print and play. What it means is that I put it all in one zip file, all the data, the rules, the cards, everything. And uh, I'm basically asking some reliable people or responsible people to test the game for me. I'm asking people to become the playtesters for my game because in order to to tweak it, in order to to balance the game, which is always hard because you've got the heroes and the, the spells and the the weapons and you need to balance the game, you know, so that it's it's kind of fair and it's playable basically. You always need to do that and it takes a lot of time a lot of playing of the game. And also, when I play the game with my friends, I don't know if they are quite objective with me because most of my friends like the game. And I don't know if they like it because they're my friends, you know? So, I'm asking you, I'm asking you kindly, if you're, if you're interested in playing board games or just if you just want to try out something new, um, um, and if you have been the listener to this podcast... You know, sometimes I have crazy ideas. So why don't you check this out? How? Uh, just send me a message on the Facebook group. Send me a message and I will respond back to you. Send you the link to where you can download uh, the game Blacksmith. And then you can just print it out um, and cut it cut it out. It will take you some time, but come on, it's, it's for free. Why not? Yeah? And it will help me out a lot if you get back to me with some feedback. Okay, that's that. That's off my chest. Now let's proceed to the main subject of this episode, which is 
the conditionals and my speed dating story. The way I'm going to do this, first I'm going to read out the story to you. Number two, I will explain uh, the use of conditionals in the story. And number three, I'll suggest to English teachers how they can use this in an English lesson. All right? Right, what was that? What was that, Zdeněk? Well, that was a piece of paper. I, um... Yeah, I, I, I had some notes. But, notes, only notes, not the script. Which is great, isn't it? I used to read out from the script in the, in the past. But it was very... It took a lot of time, you know? It was so laborious. So, it's better if I just can have some notes and basically speak on a topic with some notes in front of me. It's definitely easier than just saying everything off the top of your head because if you're like me, you're a forgetful and absent-minded person, you get to forget a lot of things, you know? And I might forget about something important and this is exactly what I must prevent, right? Because I want to give you the best possible experience of recording the podcast. <clears throat> okay, all right. I know, I know, it's enough, it's enough. You, all you need, all you want to have now is the speed dating story because I believe you can't wait, you can't wait to see, rather hear, how I managed to humiliate myself during a speed dating event. Okay, let's get into it, shall we? And I'm reading this out because I had to write it down. If you want to tell a story in some logical order... If you want to make it interesting, it's better if you write it down. All right, especially, especially if you plan to use it as part of your lesson. Okay, all right, there we go. About a month ago, I went to a speed dating event. Basically, this happened two months ago. I'm sorry, I'm not gonna comment during reading this out because that would break some continuum. I'm not going to do that. I just want to mention that it wasn't one month ago. It was about two months ago. But I wrote this about a month, one month ago. So you understand what happened here. All right. Okay, let's start over. About two months ago, I went to a speed dating event. It was the first time I had done it. And I have to admit, what a memorable evening it was. Why the heck did you go? I hear you asking. Well, the truth is... I wanted to give it a go. Once I had taught a lesson focused on reading and the article was about, guess what? Yes, that's right, the speed dating. And I found it absolutely fascinating. And I immediately knew I had to have a hands-on experience. And yes, I was also single. So it seemed to be a great opportunity to kill two birds with one stone. I have never had problems speaking to girls, guys, my students, or frankly anyone. So I didn't expect this to be socially awkward at all. In fact, I was full of confidence. If you're confident, good things happen to you. This is a scientific fact. And so, as I was entering a small cozy cafe by the river Vltava in the center of Prague, I felt excited, on a high Ants in my pants, or whatever you say, to describe the state I was in. I was simply ready to have some fun. I certainly thought 
I was in the right state of mind. But was I? I didn't drink alcohol before the event started, unlike most of the people there. They all must have been extremely nervous, especially the girls were drinking an awful lot of wine. I sat at the table number one, and then the madness got underway. I spoke to 15 girls altogether. Not at once, though. One at a time, of course. What can I say? It was all absolutely hilarious. After speaking to about five girls, I noticed something weird about myself. For some reason, I wasn't always behaving in the same way. With first three girls, I was trying to be mildly funny and overall decent and polite. Then I somehow became more serious and went on about my slightly geeky interests, my English teaching job and my life in general. But after that moment of calmness, I just got out of control. It was when I was talking to girl number seven, I think, that the things took a completely different direction. All of a sudden, I was cocky and then a little bit nonchalant and indifferent. This more or less continued with other eight girls. I simply went on a madness spree. I kept making a lot of cheap jokes, teased my counterparts in any possible way and behaved like a clown, a bearer of laugh. I talked about a spider crawling on the wall. I talked about my wild dreams of fighting dragons with a sword. I even touched upon some inappropriate things, of course. Overall, I made a lot of quite good, less good and absolutely awful jokes. Some girls took it well, some didn't. There was no logic to the way I behaved whatsoever. It wasn't even based on the girls I was talking to. Of course I liked some girls more than the others, but there was just no rhyme and reason to my behavioral pattern. My manners were, and even now, in the aftermath, still are inexplicable. There is no doubt I came across as a weirdo most of the time, and obviously a punishment came as a logical consequence. At the end of the event, we were supposed to circle the girls that we fancied. I did so in accordance with the rules, and I was sure I would get a lot of ticks from the girls as well, because I thought I had been hilarious and irresistible. Well, I think at this point it's pretty clear that it didn't turn out the way I was expecting it to. In hindsight, I don't regret participating because I follow the golden rule, you learn from your mistakes. Nonetheless, I have to admit, unwillingly of course, if I had behaved in a different way, I'd have made much better impression. I got only two matches in the end. I certainly hoped to be more successful than that. Anyway, every cloud has a silver lining. If all had been perfect, I wouldn't have an interesting story to tell now. Where else would I find such good context for clarifying the dreaded conditionals? The moral of the story is, don't get carried away on a speed dating event and always be yourself. But what if this is myself? Well, if I knew the answer to this question, I would have scored more ticks the other night. But it's too late to cry over the spilt milk. I can't alter the past, can I? If I could change the past, 
I would jump on a time machine and change a few things for sure. And there is one more thing I have kept quiet about so far. Ridiculously enough, at the time, I had been growing a beard for about three months, my record time. I must have looked terrifying. Well, I do remember how I looked, because I checked myself in the mirror before I went to the speed dating, of course. And I did look terrifying, I have to say. Next time I take part in an event of this sort, I will know what to do exactly. If I behave naturally and shave myself, I'll do well. I just mustn't repeat the performance from that evening. I'm sure I will nail it next time I go. Well, that's that. Uh, so, I hope you liked my story. And now what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna go through the conditionals and uh, explain them to you. So, in this, um, in this story, there were all the conditionals that we have in English language, or all the basic conditionals, right? So there was zero conditional, there was the first, second and third conditional, and there were two mixed conditionals. Together this is six conditional types, two mixed ones. Okay, some of you might find the mixed conditionals a bit challenging, and that's okay, because I think mixed conditionals are usually studied at the C1 advanced level. But if you want to take the FCE exam, for example, you should be familiar with conditionals 0, 1, 2, and 3. All right? So, um, let's get started. So, first of all, I have to say that there is like some kind of a typical structure of conditionals in, in each conditional sentence, you've got two clauses. One is the main clause, and one is the conditional clause, starting with the word if. Uh, there are some alternatives for if, such as supposing or, or uh, granted, or things like that. But uh, we will stick to if for this matter. Um, so, if you start the sentence with the conditional clause, if you start it with if, and then you have the main clause in the second part of the sentence, then there is a comma in the middle, okay, remember that. But you could also start the clause with the main clause and then have if in the middle, which means the, the conditional clause will be the second part of the sentence and then there is no comma. Okay, I hope, I hope that's, that's clear. I hope I didn't confuse you from the beginning. That was not certainly my intention, right? This is grammar after all, so... Um, you know, feel free to take notes and hopefully it will enlighten you a bit in this uh, topic. I certainly hope so. The, so the zero conditional that I inserted in my story was if you're confident, good things happen to you. This basically means that every time you're confident, something good happens to you. All right? Um, it's, it's a fact the typical examples of uh, zero conditionals are with some scientific facts, such as if you boil water, it becomes gas, or if you melt ice, it becomes water, or if you mix blue and yellow, you get green. All right, so these are zero conditionals. Remember, it's present simple and present simple in both clauses. Um, okay, 
the, the first conditional, um, where is it? I have to find, ah, it was uh, at the end of my story. If I behave naturally, I, and, sorry, if I behave naturally and I shave myself, I will do well. Uh, it was referring to the next time, the next time I go to a speed dating event, right? Remember that? And so it's definitely talking about the future. First conditional is a real condition. It's called real condition because it is a real possibility and it refers to the future. And remember that you have to use will in the, in the main clause, but do not use will in the conditional clause. A lot of my students, uh, Russian students or students from China or, or Czech students that I teach, make this mistake. It's a typical mistake. Remember, if and will makes the teacher kill. You shouldn't say, if I will behave, blah, blah, blah. That's wrong. You have to say, if I behave naturally and shave myself, I will do well. Or you could say, I will do well if I behave naturally and shave myself. All right? So, this is a sentence about future and it's uh, the first conditional. Now, we've got the second conditional here. Um... If I could change the past, I would jump on a time machine and change a few things. So again, you have two parts there. After if, you have got the past tense. And after, uh, and in the main clause, you've got would plus infinitive. Now, even though you have the past tense there, this conditional doesn't really refer to the past. It is about the present. If I could change the past, I would jump on a time machine and change a few things. I'm talking about the present. Um, it's unreal. It cannot happen because I don't have the time machine. Uh, but it's like alternative. Something that I would like to have rather than the state I'm in, if it makes any sense whatsoever. So um, this is the second conditional. It's unreal condition. It's about the present. And you need if and past tense and then a would plus infinitive. Now we're getting to the third conditional and it was represented in the story by the sentence uh, if I'd behaved in a different way if I had behaved uh, it's often contracted so the pronunciation is if I'd behaved if I'd behaved can you hear it if I had behaved if I'd behaved in a different way I would have made a much better impression I would have made a much better impression so there are a lot of parts in this structure, so this is one of the hardest conditionals to, to make, actually. Uh, and it talks about the past. A past cannot be changed, as you know, so this is unreal conditional as well. Uh, but you sort of you use it when you want to regret something. So if I had behaved in a different way, which means I didn't behave in a different way, I behaved exactly in, the, in this wrong way, but if I had behaved in a different way, things would have been different. I would have made a much better impression. Do you get it? I behaved in a wrong way and I made a bad impression. But if I had behaved in a different way, I would have made a much better impression. This is the third conditional. Now, we're getting to the two mixed conditionals. So we have got... Uh, it's always conditionals two and three, and one of the two parts is either in the second or in the third conditionals, and the other one is in the other conditional. So, for example, 
there was a sentence, uh, if all had been perfect, I wouldn't have an interesting story to tell. And it's so in the story, I was talking about the fact that, broadly speaking, this event didn't go according to plan. You know, it didn't go as I uh, envisaged it, if you know what I mean. So it wasn't really perfect. I'm talking about the past, which cannot be changed. So if um, so, it's kind of third conditional. If all had been perfect, so it wasn't. If all had been perfect, and now I say I wouldn't have an interesting story to tell. So instead of using the traditional structure for the third conditionals, which is I wouldn't have had would have plus past participle, which is typical for third conditionals. I, I um, use the second conditional structure, which is would plus have, because this part of the conditional is talking about the present. So I'm mixing the past and the present in one sentence. If all had been perfect, I wouldn't have an interesting story to tell now. So I'm telling you a story now, which, is, which means it must be present. But imagine, uh, imagine I use this sentence in pure uh, third conditional. It would go, if all had been perfect... I wouldn't have had an interesting story to tell, which would suggest that I told the story in the past, but actually I'm, I'm telling you the story now, so I cannot use the third conditional. I, I have to use the mixed conditional. If all had been perfect, I wouldn't have an interesting, I wouldn't have an interesting story to tell now. Okay? I hope it's crystal clear to you. It better be. All right? Uh, okay. And the second mixed conditional is when you use the second conditional after if and the third conditional after would. So, um, if I knew the answer to this question, if I knew the answer to this question, I would have scored more ticks the other night. So, this suggests that right now I don't know the answer. So, if I knew it, second conditional, it's unreal, I don't know it, but if I knew it, uh, I would have scored more ticks the other night. So this suggests that I didn't know the answer back then, and I, I still don't know it. So um, I can say I wouldn't have scored more ticks the other night because it's speaking about the past. Okay, It, it suggests that I didn't score many ticks. It was only two ticks. I had been expecting way more. All right. So if I knew the answer to this question, I would have scored uh, more ticks the other night. Okay, that's that. It's done. Okay, I've explained the conditionals. Um, obviously, this was a routine to me. I hope I made it slightly more interesting for you, even though it's grammar. And I know, I know grammar can be painful sometimes. You know, so I hope it was digestible for you. Anyway, uh, now I'd like to talk to the teachers. Uh, because I think this story could be employed in... Uh, more ways than just this podcast. If you're an English teacher and you plan to do a lesson on conditionals, why don't you uh, take an opportunity to include my story in your lesson plan? So I'm going to give you a few ideas now. First of all, I think you need some kind of warm-up. So your warm-up could be... You could, um, you could talk about uh, speed dating in general. Just ask your students what it is, and um, maybe sort of foreshadow what's going to happen, you know, explain that um, the students are going to 
listen to a story which you're gonna read out and the story is uh, was written by by the uh, by by me by Zdenik, the podcaster from the Czech Republic and you happen to listen to uh, Zdenik's podcast this would be quite a nice plug there for me wouldn't it so it certainly would uh, so first you need some kind of warm-up like that then uh, get the students talking from the beginning so have them in pairs or in groups to discuss uh, something easy like ask them the question what's the speed dating or do you listen to english podcasts whatever is connected to this somehow okay it's up to you you don't need to stick to this exactly you can even um design the story in a way that it's you i don't mind if you change it it doesn't have to be me zdenek in fact it might be easier for you because you wouldn't have to modify anything in the in the script because i suppose you're gonna need the script for it you you have to print this out beforehand guys teachers okay don't be forgetful uh, don't forget to print out the story otherwise you would have to remember it, it might be slightly hard for you but i don't want to underestimate you if you have a better memory than me uh, if you have a better memory than uh, swiss cheese uh, or um, what's what's the word a sieve a sieve okay my memory is like a sieve then maybe you will be able to memorize this but isn't this a lot of work yes i think it is uh, anyway i wonder how many of you are english teachers i know i know about one guy for sure his name is bono chimp or at least it's his facebook nickname or something and he's the winner of luke's english podcast competition and guy i know he's my listener and i know he's an english teacher so maybe maybe this is only for you guys if you're teachers if you're english teachers can you get back to me i'd like to know how many english teachers listen to this podcast because i i know for sure there is one of you bono so let's hope it could be more uh the more the merrier uh, okay now uh, so what you have to do before reading this out you have to give them some task that's what i was told during the celta training you cannot just uh play the listening without actually um giving some even if simple assignment to the students so i suggest that you do a gist task because it's a long listening it's actually a bit too long for my liking even though i wrote it so why did i do that well because because i had a lot of ideas and i i just sometimes i i just can't stop myself from doing things that are inappropriate i know this is too long and it's hard to keep students attention but sometimes i like to break rules and who says that everything that cambridge say is correct right sometimes it's good to break the rules and i know for as a fact that students sometimes appreciate it anyway what you have to do you have to give a task so uh, you could for example it's it's up to you what you do um uh, okay so the gist, the gist task i came up with was By the way, this has already been featured in one of my lessons and I plan to do it more times in the future. So this has already happened and it worked. The students appreciated it. So <laughs> I'm not using you as a guinea pig. 
as a guinea pig. Uh, I've already been guinea pig myself, and you would be the second person probably teaching this lesson. Anyway, the question I gave my students before reading this out was, how does the teacher feel about the whole event, and what kind of approach is he trying to take looking back at what happened? You could write this down on board, just to make sure students know what what they are looking for, and then you just read out the story, and after after that uh, the students have to discuss their answers to the questions you gave them in pairs, then you do a little feedback, and then you hand out guided discovery worksheet with the examples from the context. What is guided discovery? Basically, it's, a, it's an approach to grammar in which the students work out the, the grammar rules by themselves. So what I made is that I made a, a sheet with the examples from the text, with the examples of condition, all six conditionals from the text. And then, um, so you have, you have got, the examples come from the context, which is great. And then um, you have got the questions which the students answer in order to try and understand how each of the conditionals is used. All right, so for example, for example, task one was describe how each of the sentences is structured. So first they have to look at the form. How many clauses does each sentence have? Which word is in every single sentence? So the answers are two, if. How is sentence one different from the others? Uh, task two, which of the sentences speaks about the present, past, future? And which one talks about something that is always true? Okay, so by students answering these simple questions for themselves, they're actually trying to figure out how the conditional works. Uh, rather than you spoon-feeding them, they go through this process of self-discovery and you're only, um, you're only guiding them. It's called guided discovery and this is one of the most popular approaches by the, I think this is the top, top most popular approach by Cambridge these days. And we were basically forced to, to do this during our CELTA, CELTA course. We didn't have a choice. You know, you could, you could have an old-fashioned teacher, like, teaching the students, telling them what each conditional means, which is, in a way, something I did in this episode, isn't it? But I didn't really have a choice, because this, this, this is not much of interaction, right? You cannot respond to me while I'm recording this. So I didn't have a choice. Well, anyway... Um, guided discovery, all right? So another task could be, which of the situations cannot be changed? Which one is unreal? Which one is possible? And then, so the students are trying to find answers to these questions and uh, they are working in pairs. Ideally, they discuss it. You, you monitor them. You go through the desks. You go from desk to desk, uh, help them out if they need. And then at the end of this, you give them some time limit, of course, and then when the time runs out, when the time is up, you you check it all together, you, you, you do the feedback, um, and um, there you go. This is the lesson you can have. And um, also you could touch up on some pronunciation aspects. Um, you, you could let the students make the table of their own examples. This could be some kind of a productive part of this lesson um, to let them come up with their own examples for each type of the conditionals from their own story from from the context of their real life 
which is something that might help them to remember this. So there has to be some productive part uh, following this guided discovery. Either they write it down or they, um, they say it. So it could be a, s- a simple speaking task. Right. Um, and this, obviously, I forgot to say, this should be at least for upper intermediate level. If you plan to do this for intermediate level, I suggest that you omit the, the mixed conditionals, that you don't do them at all. It, it would be okay, I guess, all three conditionals for intermediate level, but not with the mixed conditionals, all right? Okay, and that's that. That's the end of this episode of the podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you didn't get bogged down by some technicalities of this episode. It certainly was a bit um, grammar-focused, and this was the plan. Don't forget that if you're interested to check out my uh, board game Blacksmith that I'm uh, currently developing, you can do so by sending me a personal message on Facebook you could also send me an email or a message on Audioboom FM if you know how to do that. And obviously, as always, any sort of feedback is welcome. Be it uh, something small, even a thumbs up would do great because it propels me. It, um, it does encourage me big time to continue doing Zdenik's English podcast. All right, I think it's time to wrap this up. You have been listening to Zdenek's English Podcast. My name is Zdenek and I wish you a great Easter holiday. Or if you don't have Easter holiday like in my country, I wish you a good weekend at least. Bye-bye.